Hello, and welcome to the Van Life Pantry Nomadic Pantry Podcast, where we talk all things food, cooking, kitchen, and pantry storage for vehicle nomads. This is episode 11, and we are going to talk about a few different things this time, and just I'm going to share some observations that I've had as I have gone along on this journey, and then I'm going to share a couple of recipe ideas. So, sit back, grab a drink, and let's get started. First, I kind of want to know if you have found life easier or more difficult as far as cooking and eating are concerned when you have gone mobile. Um, I'm interested in knowing for part-timers and separately for those who are full-timing. Of course, it's obviously more difficult if you're full-timing because you don't have that home base option of occasional refrigerator full-size or some of the other pantry storage and um, if you're full-timing, you really have to be careful about how you shop, how you plan, and decide what you're going to eat. This scenario also changes depending on what you are full-timing in. If you have a large RV, then of course you're going to have more storage space and a larger refrigerator option. If you are in a smaller vehicle, then necessarily you have less space. So. When I was shopping recently and we were on a trip and we had no access to any refrigerator or any large home pantry, I found that it definitely required a different way of shopping. I would buy one single bell pepper, one single zucchini, one single apple, or maybe two, two bananas, um, a couple of pouches of tuna, and then, of course, I have my dried pantry storage bin with a bunch of things in it so that I can have added ingredients when I need them and I can have extra cooking ingredients and we have snacks. But for making meals, it requires definitely a whole different way of thinking. And that is something that I am working on trying to make a little formula about because when you're hungry and you don't feel like cooking and you don't can't think of what to make, you tend to want to just pick up something cheap and maybe not as good for you. Um, you may think we'll just go out to eat or we'll just go to fast food and that's fine except you really also can't accommodate leftovers. So if you're going out to eat, you have to buy small or you're wasting money because you're buying a full meal, which a lot of times is large, which is great when people want leftovers and they want to go home and put it in their home fridge and have it later or tomorrow. But if you're nomading, you don't have room for the leftovers. So you have to either, if you're single, you have to buy small or <clears throat> the leftovers go to waste. Or maybe you can accommodate a small amount of leftovers and then you have to eat them at the very next meal or very soon thereafter because they don't keep very long. So that's a consideration. If you are traveling two people, then you could split a meal, but then you both have to be in agreement about what you're going to order 
and you both have to like what you're going to order and that can be a little bit difficult too at times. So it is a challenge and it is an ongoing challenge and one that I am thinking about daily and looking to solve daily. And of course, it's never going to be something that has a complete solution and it's never going to be, oh, this is the answer and there is no other answer. It is always going to be a journey, a recalculation, uh, a work in progress. So I was mentioning last time that food ends up following themes because you have limited number of ingredients at a time that you can use and you want to try to make that look a little bit different at each meal if possible but you're still using the same ingredients because once you have those you need to use them up before you have room to buy more. So I came up with a little idea about a dozen eggs. I wanted to make something that required baking recently and it was a gluten-free muffin mix that I was using my Omnia oven for. I love the Omnia oven, it's a total game changer and my original steam bath baking method works and was great for certain things but the Omnia really, as I said, is a game changer because it allows a lot more versatility for baking. Anyway, I was making a gluten-free muffin mix and it required two eggs. And I didn't have any eggs because I really didn't have room in the cooler to carry eggs. I couldn't buy just one or two somewhere and I didn't have, I mean, they don't make a two egg holder. So you either have to buy half dozen if you can find a store that's selling a half dozen or you have to buy a whole dozen. And if you know from my second podcast, Eggs can be kept out of refrigeration for a certain number of days, weeks, sometimes a month or more, but not in extreme heat. So lately, I have a thermometer that tells me how hot it is inside the van and how hot it is outside the van. And lately, it has been, this week, 95 to 100 outside the van, and it has been running about 115 inside the van for most of the afternoon. Of course, it gets down to lower at night. I'm in a climate that cools down quite a bit at night. So overnight, I'm down to 60 degrees in the van. But for most of the day, I'm in the 90 to 115 degree mark. You can't keep eggs unrefrigerated at 115 degrees for multiple days. So I bought a dozen eggs, I used the two for baking, and then I decided that I would use two more for breakfast, and they would go with, uh, I think I made, um, well actually, I, I, okay, so I had opened a can of Spam. (laughs) Up until recently, I had not eaten Spam since I was a child. My mom used to make it on occasion, and it's good and salty, but, you know, it's probably much like hot dogs, not the best ingredient list. Um, But anyway, it's great for van life. So I do have a few cans of Spam on hand. So I had opened a can of Spam. I used a little bit of Spam. I used one and a half potatoes. I used a bit of green bell pepper, the two eggs for breakfast, and garlic pepper. And I just made a skillet 
I made an egg and potato veggie spam skillet. Really good. So I had the muffins. I had the two more eggs. So now I'm up to four eggs used. And then, so I was thinking, okay, then the next day or even that night, you could do a tuna salad and use up at least one egg. And if you're feeding two people, you could use two eggs with one or two pouches of tuna. So you make your egg, your tuna salad. And then the next, so you could also boil your remaining eggs because now we've used four, that makes six. We could boil the remaining six eggs. And the next day you're going to have, well, okay, boil the remaining four eggs. You could save one to eat for breakfast fried or scrambled or something. Then you can have egg salad the next day for lunch. And you could even just eat boiled egg. Just eat it with salt and pepper as a snack or for a lunch or even with dinner. So you've now eliminated a whole dozen eggs in just a few days time. And I kept them in the cooler during that time because like I said, it was just not a good idea to keep them out. So that was a way to use up a dozen eggs and I made it look different each time. Several of them were boiled, but they were used in different ways. Some of them were scrambled and I could have even fried one just as a over medium fried egg, but I didn't. I just, these were all either boiled or scrambled and used in all different ways. Much the same when you have a bag of potatoes. I had a bag of red potatoes to use and so several days in a row I just did fried potatoes because that makes them easy. Um, I cut them up into little cubes and I did breakfast one morning of potatoes, green onions, garlic pepper, and then I just had fresh cucumber on the side. And I didn't have eggs at that time, so there were no eggs involved in that breakfast. And then the repeat performance was dinner. And that was um, when I opened the spam. And that was potatoes with the garlic pepper, scallions, green onions, the spam, and chili. I had a can of chili on hand. So I opened a can of chili and I warmed that in a separate saucepan and I added these all together. So it was kind of a potato chili skillet. And I had that with fresh cucumbers and I had some pouches of Capri Sun. So we had Capri Sun to drink and that was it. We had some fresh raw cucumber. We had the cooked potatoes, spam, chili, and green onion. Next, it was time to shake it up a little bit because when you are eating the same ingredients over and over, even though you're trying to make them look different, you get a little bit tired of eating the same thing over and over. So I did a frozen pizza day. I went and got two frozen pizzas. One was dairy-free and gluten-free, and the other one was gluten-free but with cheese. So I cut those into strips that would fit in my Omnia oven with its little baking rack. I have a, a wire rack that fits in the Omnia that came specifically for it. Separate purchase, but um, it is for the Omnia. And I made pizza. It was really good. It turned out good. The Omnia oven cooked it well. 
but the drawback there is the cooking time. So you have to cut it into strips, which means only uh, maybe almost half, maybe not quite half, well, maybe right about half, fit in the oven at any one time. So I had to cook it in four batches so that I could cook the two full pizzas. And with that, and then we did the muffin mix at the same time on that meal, um, it was two and a half hours of continuous cooking, and that took one can of butane. So it can be slow, and if you're hungry and you want it to be fast, you won't want to be doing it this way. But embracing van life, embracing the way things are, and enjoying the slower pace, you know, this is what it is, and this is what it looks like, and things take longer. If I have electric power available, which sometimes I did, depending on where I was, um, I have an electrical hot plate that I also use. And so I can't bake on it. I can't use it for, for pizza night, but I can use it when I'm making two things that will go together and it reduces the cooking time, reduces the amount of butane usage. One can of butane currently costs me $2.49. But at another store, I would have had to pay $3.49. So it only depends on whether I have the $2.49 store available to me when I need to purchase. I try to keep 12 to 16 cans in reserve at any given time, but that's hard to carry. That takes up a lot of space too. So that's a consideration, the amount of fuel usage. So that kind of wraps up the theme of potatoes and eggs and then the little items that you can put on or with to make it look a little bit different each time. The next thing that I did with kind of theme ingredients was I went taco bowl or surf and turf bowl or turf bowl, if you, however you want to call it, salad kind of bowls. Um, I did some ground beef. And I have an avocado, a tomato. Well, I bought two avocados, two tomatoes, two onions. And then I went a little crazy off the rails and bought half a pound of shrimp, which I hadn't eaten in years, but I really wanted some scampi. So I did a surf and turf bowl night, and that was... Well, and, and actually, so one pound of ground beef lasts for four consecutive nights or four consecutive meals, depending on how you want to do it. So one quarter pound of the ground beef, I did garlic pepper seasoning because right now the only seasonings I am carrying are garlic pepper, cinnamon, which is not a dinner thing, and salt and pepper. So I'm using garlic pepper right now on everything and salt if I need it. So I used a little bit of olive oil. I sauteed some onion. Secondly, I did the quarter pound of shrimp. So I made this into two different meals. I had a half pound of shrimp. I had some butter. I used olive oil for that, garlic pepper. And then I bought some fresh basil and two fresh limes because that just made it. <laughs> that was really... A good extra to add into this shrimp. So I sauteed the basil in with the shrimp, 
I squeezed the lime after it was done cooking. I placed all of this on a bed of lettuce. So I had one small head of butter lettuce, I think on this, this particular time. And then I topped it with some fresh Roma tomato, avocado, onion, fresh onion, green, green onion, orange bell pepper, a little bit of salsa, which I purchased in the little tiny four ounce can. So you can use it up in one or two meals and a little bit of salt to taste. And that made two servings. And then I was able to do it again the next day with the same ingredients because I had double those ingredients. After that was gone, the next day I did a variation on the theme and it was one quarter pound of ground beef with sauteed onion, the bell pepper raw, the garlic pepper, and some ranch beans. I had a can of ranch style beans and I just warmed those up and added those directly in with the ground beef in the pan while I was cooking it. I just warmed them with the cooking beef. And then I put it on a bed of lettuce and I added raw tomato sliced up. I added raw onion sliced up. I added avocado. That was it. And that was turf bowl after we had had surf and turf bowls. So continuing that theme, a few days ago, I posted on the group, quick, you're stuck on an island and you have to eat the same food forever and you can never have anything else. What food do you choose? My food would be taco balls because it's multi-ingredient. I would never pick a single ingredient food to have to eat forever because who could? So taco bowls, you have a little bit of cooked, a little bit of raw, a little bit of veggie, a little bit of protein, and you have everything you need. So I went ahead and made another night of taco bowls. But this time it looked even a little bit different because we had finished the can of ranch beans and this time I opened a can of refried beans and I did the quarter pound of ground beef. I did, I don't know, half, half of the can of, of of refried beans and put those together in the cooking skillet, cook the meat, then add the refried beans mixed all together. And then I put those actually on a bed of grain free taco tortillas. So Siete brand makes a grain free taco shell it's already formed in the, in the shape of a taco, but they're really so delicate that they break very easily and I never use them as tacos. I always use them tostada style, but I was putting this in a bowl. So I broke it in half. I broke the half into three pieces. I laid those three pieces on the bottom of the bowl. Then I layered the meat and bean mixture on. Then I added the lettuce on top, then the scallions, then fresh avocado, then a little dollop of salsa on top, and the other half of the taco shell stuck into the top. So now I have a taco salad a little bit different. It's upside down. I was using the bed of lettuce on the bottom. I was using different beans. I was using, you know, it in a different way. Now I've switched it up. I'm using it upside down. I've got the lettuce on top. 
I've got the different beans, I've got the taco shell, which makes it different, and voila, another taco bowl night, but it looks different. It tastes slightly different, it feels different, and you're still using up the ingredients that you've got, and you're still doing one skillet or one pot or one bowl meals, but they're still different from the ones you had before. And I don't know, I think that works. But after several nights of Taco Bowl night, it's time for a change. And we go back to those potatoes that we still are using up because we had a whole bag of potatoes and we haven't used them all yet. So now we go to kind of a summer food theme. I bought three corn on the cob, non-GMO, organic corn on the cob. And I generally try to avoid corn, but if it's fresh, not processed, sometimes it doesn't give me nearly the problem that processed corn does. So, I don't know. Maybe you're not a person who has to avoid corn. I usually do avoid it, but sometimes I do eat the summer corn on the cob just because, well, I just because. <laughs> I want it, I need it, and uh, I can do that. So, um, corn on the cob. And this time I did fried potatoes in the skillet. I did a hot dog, also pan seared. I did the corn on the cob in a separate saucepan because I had more than one burner available. And I just served those on the plate. And then raw tomato slices, raw red onion, and some raw orange bell pepper. And... I added a twist this time because I happen to have purchased some mango habanero hot sauce, which isn't all that hot, but it is very tasty. And if you want some extra heat, you have to add that. But mango habanero hot sauce on the corn. I did the garlic pepper on my potatoes and that was that. A little bit of salt on the fresh tomato. And it was just like my grandmother used to make, except she didn't have the hot dog part but it really was like a childhood summer meal and that was great and then the next day for lunch I wanted to really switch it up and have no cooking sometimes you can't cook and lately with all the wildfires I think I mentioned on the last podcast or the one before I couldn't even light my butane burner when I was in Nevada and actually, we passed through Reno at that time, and they were really on high alert. And I see today that one of the roads that we were on two weeks ago is now closed because they have a huge raging wildfire, well, several, in that area. So when you're in a place where you can't turn on a butane or propane stove and you can't use a campfire to cook, then you have to use the raw alternatives. So I switched it up and used, um, not that I was in that restricted area, I'm, I'm back in, well, currently I'm in Southern Oregon and we're still on high fire danger, but um, I didn't have those restrictions. But it is hot and I don't always want to cook. So I did a tuna salad. One week ago, after I was finished with the head of butter lettuce, I purchased one nine ounce bagged salad. It was an Italian blend, which means it was just romaine lettuce, 
and red cabbage. I like those because some of the leafier, darker greens don't hold up well in ice chest, in cooler, in heat, in and out. They just don't. They start to wilt. They start to get really gross. So I chose the hardier, stronger leaves, which were romaine and red cabbage. So I had that, and I had been using that part of the time for my bowls and various things. So I used the last of the bagged salad, and I put it together with one pouch of tuna, and that had raw onion, the garlic pepper, salt, and a little bit of mayo. Now mayonnaise is another thing that can be a problem because, well, a big old jar of mayonnaise is not going to fit well in the cooler and your cooler doesn't stay at a constant temperature. Now maybe if you have a 12 volt fridge and you have a reliable one, you can keep a more constant temperature. Or if you have a regular RV fridge and you have shore power, you can definitely probably keep a can of mayo, a jar of mayo. I can't always have one. Um, but recently I have had the facility to be able to do that, so I added mayo. One alternative is simply to carry mayo pouches, individual mayonnaise packets, and then you can use just a couple when you're making a pouch of tuna. So I used mayo. Um, an alternative to mayo would be olive, uh, I'm sorry, um, oil and vinegar salad dressing. So if you have an oil and a balsamic vinegar, neither of which have to be refrigerated, you could use those on your tuna to make it into tuna rather than using mayo. Anyway, romaine and red cabbage, tuna with onion, garlic pepper, salt, and mayonnaise. Then I added... I had some grapes. I had purchased a few grapes. So I added eight sliced grapes. I added one half of a chopped apple. I added four slices of the salami that I got at Bravo Farms last week. I added a handful of chopped bell pepper. I topped it with some broccoli sprouts, microgreens, because I had purchased those last week as well when I bought this bagged lettuce. So microgreens are great. You can throw them on everything. You can throw them on chili, and I did the other night as well, when I had a little bit of chili left from the night that I had done potatoes with chili. So uh, on this tuna salad, I topped it with the microgreens, then I topped it with my chili onion oil. No refrigeration needed. I've mentioned it before. I got it from Trader Joe's. It is apparently a seasonal item, and when I went there last time, they didn't have it, but I purchased four or five at a time so that I have them on hand, and I currently still keep a storage unit, so if I need to, I can store things, and then when I'm on a trip, I don't have it, but I can come back to the storage and get it when I need it. So, I had chili onion oil, and then I added the mango hot sauce, and that was it. And that was a super tuna salad. It was really good, it was really filling, and it used up several of my ingredients. So that should give you some ideas about theme meals and how to shop small. 
But one of the other things that I struggle with, and I'm constantly trying to solve this puzzle, is the storage organization. Because within the bins, you can put a lot of things, but then they're hard to find and you have to pull the whole bin out. You almost have to empty the bin if you're looking for the thing on the bottom. Um, and so that is kind of a nightmare of pantry storage, especially if you don't have a big RV with an actual kitchen with cupboards, which I do not. I have under bed storage with bins. So there's the pantry bin, there's the snack pantry bin, and then there is the kitchen bin, which has not the food, but the cooking utensils and elements. And then there's the miscellaneous utensils bin, which has camping camping gear and the first aid stuff and additional kitchen items. Which leads me to another two of my observations. This lifestyle can be very physically demanding which can be a good thing because you get a lot of exercise. You are always lifting something, toting something, moving something, climbing into or out of something, climbing up onto something, or in some other way, just being required to use physical strength and agility and dexterity. For me, I find this to be a very positive aspect of this lifestyle. But for others, it might be a big challenge. Secondly, I have observed that this lifestyle can make people much better stewards of everything if we learn to live with intention. Everything in this lifestyle requires intentional movement, intentional preservation. I try not to accumulate or create too much. Uh, if I buy something with packaging, I try to remove the packaging and throw it away right there and then at the store because I don't want to have to figure out where to throw it away later. I currently do still pay for regular trash pickup and so I have a receptacle that I can use but when I am traveling I don't have access to that. So it is important to minimize the trash and to never throw or dump trash anywhere that you are not allowed to throw or dump trash. Now, if you have large amounts, take it to a landfill. Yes, it costs money, but you created that. So you need to go and dispose of it properly. For very small bits of trash, like I have a straw paper or I have a few napkins or I have one meal worth of uh, accumulation, I take small bits and I toss those where I am. So if I buy gas, I dump a little bit of my trash in the gas station trash can because I'm allowed to do that. I have paid for a service and they have a trash can available for things that I can throw away from my car. But I don't throw a whole kitchen trash bag worth of trash there because I'm not allowed to do that. So little bits at a time. And if you take little bits and throw them away every day, more than one time a day, then you don't necessarily have the big buildup and you don't have to go and dump somewhere illegally and you don't have to go to a landfill and pay a large amount to dump something because you're getting rid of your trash a little bit at a time in places that you're allowed to do it where you are already a customer. 
if you're camping at a paid RV spot or campground, then of course you are allowed to probably dump one kitchen trash bag worth of trash because you've paid a good amount of money to be there. You're allowed to accumulate a little bit of trash while you're there. It's expected. I mean, you, you can't get away with without producing any. I've tried. Um, and, and some people are probably even better at it than I am at not producing trash. But if you buy something, you're necessarily going to have trash to throw away. So RV and campgrounds, when they're paid, you can get rid of a little bit more of your trash. And hopefully you don't have a much accumulated because if you're doing it daily, then you are able to get rid of a little bit at a time. Lastly, as I mentioned before, I always carry a heavy duty RV extension cord. For those times when you have electrical outlets available to you. It can mean a whole different ball game when you need to hook up a fan. I carry my Ryobi rechargeable battery operated fan, but I also carry a miniature electric fan because I can use my portable battery for it but it does pull a lot of power and I don't really like to use that if I don't have to. If I have any electrical possibility available, then I use that. And I can run my fan, I can run my laptop, I can use the electric hot plate. So, I hope these tips and tricks and observations have helped you. I hope that some of the recipe theme ideas have helped you. I hope that you are eating well on the road and that you will tell your friends about my podcast. I hope that you find it useful and that you will come back again next time and join me for another episode. Until then, perhaps we will see each other on down the road. Bye now.